center stage. My name is Jessica Pochet, and today we are going to learn about a beautiful and wonderful name of God. So, join me in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we're actually going to start off at verse 2. All right, you guys ready? I'm excited about this one. Um, I'm excited about this. <laughs> I'm excited about this one because I will say who God is, who we're about to explore him to be in this passage is what has transformed my life. It's what has kept me. It's what has allowed me to fall in love with God and just appreciate and value and surrender myself to him, um, being honest and open. So this, this one today is going to hit. So we're going to try not to let all the tears come bring all the mascara down my face, but, um, we are going to get to first Samuel. I think you're there by now. Uh, first Samuel, we are going to chapter one and verse two. And the reason why we're going to verse two instead of verse one is because there is a whole lot of names <laughs> in verse one that I don't know how to pronounce. So we're just going to go ahead to number two, but we're going to take out from number one that Samuel, the book of Samuel is actually talking about the life of Samuel. And we learned that in verse one, his daddy's name is Elkanah. That's what we're taking out of that. Then we're going to proceed to verse two. And it said, and he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina and Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. I find this interesting because it makes me wonder now, was this kind of like the same situation with Abraham and Sarah, where because Sarah was barren, she said, I'll give you my handmaid. I just wonder if it was like that, like, oh, I can't have kids, but you can have kids through me, you know? Um, and that's why Penina was there. I'm not sure. The Bible does not say However, it just makes me wonder, but we don't, you know, we can think about it, but we can't tie that to the Bible because the Bible doesn't say it, but it just makes me wonder. Um, verse three, and it says, and this man, and that's talking about Elkanah, this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. Or that's broken down as a double portion. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. So we got Penina over here talking crap. It kind of sounds like Sarah. You remember that? If you haven't, go back and watch um, the last few of my episodes. But this sounds like her. So Penina's over here having kids and is talking crap about Hannah. Um, verse 7, it says, And he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord so she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, then, I'm sorry, then said Elkanah, her husband to her, 
Hannah, why do you weep? And why don't you eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am not I better to you than 10 sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid and remember me. Ooh, how many of us got that prayer? And remember me and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto your handmaid a child. Well, specifically, give unto your handmaid a man child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. This is the priest. <laughs> now, Hannah, verse um, 13. Now, Hannah, she spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she'd been drunken. And Eli said to her, how long will you be drunken? Put away your wine from you. And Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. Mm. I have drunk neither wine or strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not your handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the grief out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let your handmaid find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way, and she did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. Her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. Y'all knew what that new one was, right? Uh, <laughs> he knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Thank you, Jesus. Last verse, wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Samuel's name means asked of God. How beautiful is that? And then you get to see Samuel, you know, as you read throughout the scriptures, you see this beautiful life of this child who was asked for from God and then dedicated back to God. So as you finish reading Hannah's story, you'll see that she actually weans him and then takes him to the temple where Eli is and says like, here, God, he belongs to you. She gives her child to the Lord and God continues to bless her womb. But we're not going to focus on that today. You guys can read that. But, um, but what a beautiful blessing. So we want to kind of walk back through a little bit because like, look at what Hannah's going through. So she's married and she's sharing her husband with this other wife, Penina. And Penina is basically bullying her. 
she is talking crap about her on purpose to make her a fret, as the Bible says. She is purposely pulling down on this woman, which sucks. And that's a note for my sisters. Let's stop pulling each other down. We should be building each other up. And as I always say, I talk about my sisters behind their back. But the stuff that we talk about each other behind our back is, oh my gosh, do you know how amazing she is? <laughs> do you know how beautiful she is? Like, that's what my close-knit sisters, that's what we talk about. It's not the bitterness and pulling down or anything like that. So, neither here nor there. But here we see that Penina is really, really on Hannah because she's barren. And Hannah is so broken She's so ha oof, she's so hurt. She's so sad that she refuses to eat. She turns away her plate. Food is not even enough. She's so broken and she's tired. And then her husband comes, but it's not that that's not sweet that he did come give her double portions. He did come and and attend to her and be like, man, am I more important? Like, babe, babe, basically, baby girl, I love you. <laughs> You're more than enough for me. Am I not enough for you? And she did eat with him, but there was still a void inside. But again, what was beautiful is that he, he knew the wound and attended to it. He didn't just look past her or walk past or not even attend to that. He intentionally blessed her and intentionally spoke about that pain so that he can encourage her in her area of brokenness, so that he can encourage her in her area of bitterness. That is good. That's good. So he's encouraging her and she's grieved and she's, you know, um, weeping and she's broken. But then in verse nine, um, you know, she rose up after they drunk, after they ate, and then she goes to the post of the temple. And in verse 10, it says she was in bitterness. Her heart was bitter. Her soul, mind, will, and emotions were bitter. Um, and she wept and she's going before God with her pain. And she's saying, Oh Lord of hosts, if you will look on my affliction, like God, would you see me? Oh my gosh. Do you see me? Can you see me please? I'm broken and I'm hurting and I need you. Would you consider me? Would you bless me with the desires of my heart? Please don't look past me. Please attend to the place in my heart that is in drought, that is broken. So she comes before God, man. And she's asking that she is not forgotten. And then promises like, God, if you do this, I'm going to give my child to you. If you do this, Lord, he's yours. But please meet this need. And she's crying Praying before the Lord in such a deep state that words aren't even coming out of her mouth. All she can do is move her lips. And y'all, don't tell me you don't know about that. Where you're so broken, where you're so hurt, 
are sometimes where God blesses you so much. There's not even words to utter. It's just felt in your heart. And it's like your heart is pouring out of your lips. And you're like, ah, God. <laughs> like, I just don't have words. I don't have words to say. But my heart is speaking it all. And in that moment, the priest sees her in her broken, bitter, hurting state, appealing to the Lord, sharing her heart before the Lord. And he accuses her of being drunk. And we're going to talk about Hannah's part um, later, but I want to hit on Eli. Because there are so many stories, especially me um, having been a widow, becoming a widow, or even just going through grief, even when my dad died, even when friends have died, just different stuff that I have experienced in my life. And sometimes you'll go to church and you, you want that encouragement, you know, that like, just, I don't know, see me, <laughs> see me, please. Like I go before God, but if you can just see me and know, um, how to minister to me, please. Like that would be so valuable um, rather than just coming and making up your own judgments. He accused her of being drunk. He didn't even ask her, hey, well, did you have a couple of sippy sips today? Because you over there looking a little crazy over here. He didn't even ask her. He didn't even ask the Lord. Lord, this girl over here, she looked like she owned one. What's going on, God? Because imagine that. Imagine if he did and then the Lord was like, oh, she's grieved a spirit because she wants a son. Would you go and pray for her? Would you go and stand and agree with her? Would you love on her in this moment? In the right way. Not a, not a bad love. But would you love on her in this moment? You know what I'm saying? So he didn't go to God. He doesn't even ask her. He just assumes. And so my appeal to all those in a leadership position, especially my pastors please be careful to love be careful to attend to the needs of the people that are around you be careful to ask and not assume and i can tell you growing up <laughs> in church how much i have been prejudged on stuff for no reason, even to the point, I remember I was a teenager and this lady would treat me mean and rude and I didn't understand why. So one day I asked her, I was like, what is your problem with me? Did I do something to you? Like, what is the issue? And you know what she told me? She said, you remind me of me and I don't want you to become who I was. And she was talking about how she had a child early and all this stuff. And I was like, first of all, I'm actually abstinent. Haven't even been down that road yet. I'm not even interested of going down that road. This is who I am. You can't judge me and prejudge me and treat me wrong based on your experience. That's not right for you to do. And then at that moment, our relationship changed. But I have been judged, judged, judged in a negative way. Now, I don't mind somebody walking, you know, hand in hand with me and teach me which way to go. But I have been judged. I, I went through that a lot growing up in church. And so I'm just asking that you care enough to pause, that you care enough 
to go before God and ask what's going on and you care enough to go before the person and ask rather than assume and rather than tell. Okay. Okay. Yay. <laughs> okay. But he's coming at her a little foul. Say you're drunk. And she's like, I'm not drunk, sir. I'm bitter. My heart hurts. I'm sad. I'm broken. Whew. I'm broken. And I need help and I'm going before God. And so then he's like, oh, okay. Not a problem. May God give you your heart's desire. And then we see that God gives her her heart's desire. But what I want to focus on is the fact that she was broken to the point of not eating. She was being bullied, picked on in her household, in her Christian household. How about that? Because Elkanah was a man of God. So in this household, of honoring God, there was still some chaos taking place. There was still some mess taking place. And within this situation, you have this woman who is barren and broken, who is barren and bitter. She feels forgotten and she's like, God, remember me, please. Remember your handmaiden. Will you see me, please? She doesn't go off and actually drink. She doesn't go into all these other things. She goes before the Lord with the heavy burdens of her heart. She doesn't even go to her husband, even though her husband already knows what's going on. She goes to the Lord. She shows us what to do as wives. She told, she shows us what to do as women. She shows us where we're supposed to go as people, period. Man or woman, when we're going through the burdens of life, when we're bitter, when we're hurt, when we're broken, we're not supposed to walk away from God. We're supposed to go to him. And what's so amazing about God is that he sees the content of our heart. He knows what's going on in our heart. He knows what we are going to speak before we even say it. So we have this beautiful opportunity of going to him honestly and openly and sharing what is concerning us and he hears us and he moves on our behalf that's so precious for me because i remember moments in my life when i was so broken when i felt so misunderstood especially when i was a teenager I remember not wanting to live anymore. But in my not wanting to live anymore, I was praying. I remember being in the middle of stuff I didn't have no business being in. Didn't even want to do it. Found myself doing what I didn't want to do. But yet, even in those moments, I was praying. I was asking God to rescue me. I was telling God, this is not who I want to be. This is not what I want to do. Would you come and rescue me, God? Would you come and make me new? Would you not forget about me? And it's in those moments that the Lord taught me how attentive he is, how safe he is, that I can be a thousand percent honest with him. And he's not going to look at me up and down like mm -mm, you too dirty to be around me because I'm holy. No, the more honest and the more open and the more real I am with him, the more he comes and covers me and lets me know I'm safe in him. And that is the name that we get today. That's the name we get to uncover today. Is the beauty 
of the safety of the Lord, the beauty of his hand, that we could come to him honestly. We could come to him broken. We could come to him open. Man, when I lost my husband and lost everything, I free-falled into the hands of God. And I remember I would wake up in the morning sometimes angry. I would wake up in the morning broken. I would make, wake up in the morning and every every morning wasn't just a thank you, Jesus. Sometimes the words that came out was cuss words. I was broken. I was hurt. I was angry. Because my husband was gone and I was a young widow and I didn't understand. I didn't understand. And I remember, I remember that time. I remember that season <laughs> that God spoke to me because I was like, dang God, I'm sorry. Like, this is what's cause I used to journal it. And I would journal so honestly and so openly. And I was like, God, I'm so sorry because, you know, some of these words are just not right. You know, but I'm like, but God, this is how I'm feeling. And I remember God said, oh, he said, Jessica, don't you know that I am big enough? I am big enough to cover that? Don't you know I am big enough to cover you here? So in my most broken, vulnerable, hurting state, the Lord comforted me. And that was not just for that moment. This has been my life. This has been my life. And so people wonder, why do I worship as I do? Why do I stand for him as I do? Why do I love him as I do? It's because he has been faithful. He has been trusted. He has been trustworthy. He has been my safe place. Man, y'all will be blown away at the things I share with the Lord. So openly and honestly. No matter what it is, I come to him with it. And never has he shunned me away. Never has he pushed me away. That's what people do. That's what people do. But people are not God. Some people do it because of their bitterness of heart. Some people do it out of ignorance. They really don't know. But God is there and available for us no matter what we are experiencing. And we can be honest and we can be open and we can be broken before him and he hears us. He's not mad. He's not ashamed of us. He hears us in those places and he attends to it and he meets that need. Just like he did for Hannah. That is who he is today. And who is this God I am talking about? He is Jehovah Makaseth. Sorry, I said that wrong. He is Jehovah Makaseth. Jehovah Makaseth. He is the God, our refuge. He is the God, our refuge. And what does that mean? What does refuge mean? He is our hope. He is our shelter. And he is who we trust. He is trustworthy. He is our trust. He holds secrets. (laughs) He holds information. We can share with him. We can share with him. And he is a place of safety that we can run to. Thank you, Jesus. That is what has kept me and what keeps me is that. People have their traditions. There's all this doctrine out there. There's all kind of things. But man, the safe place is the keeper of my soul. The one that I can go to 
no matter what I'm experiencing, Jehovah Max, Mac, what is it? <laughs> Jehovah Makasei, <laughs> God, my refuge. And I'm going to show you where we can find it. There's actually a song. It's Psalms 46. And let this be a minister to your heart. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to end of the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge we all know psalms 46 10 be still and know that i am god but i encourage you within this context being still and knowing that he is our refuge he is our strength that we can come to him our safe place we can run to him and we know we're shielded we know we are comforted and we know that we are covered he is our king, but he's not so big that he doesn't have time for us. He's not so high and mighty that he can't lend his ear to hear when we call upon him. So I encourage you, whatever you are going through, whatever burden, whatever heaviness, whatever is on your heart, whatever bullying you're experiencing, whatever bitterness you're experiencing, whatever home drama and trauma you are experiencing, even to the point of like, dang God, why didn't you bless me? Why do I have to experience this? All that, take it to him our safety and our refuge. God, we thank you so much for you being a safe place. And I thank you that you have always been my place of safety. And so I thank you, Lord, for transforming the hearts and minds of your people, that we know you, that we see you, and that we seek you and lay our burdens before you because you truly care for us. May we be still 
and know, be confident of, and be assured of, and strengthened in the fact that you are God. And you are the God who is our refuge that we can run to and are safe. We praise you. We thank you for being good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, family. Again, that is Jehovah Makaseh. He is God, our refuge. And I'm a testimony that he is a strong foundation and a safe place to go to. All right, family, until next time, if you haven't, go back and watch the other videos that show the beauty, the majesty, the loving heart, and the greatness of who God is. See you next time.